Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 2nd of January. First up, Elon Musk has Dr. Fauci terrified after he just said this. Remember that line from uh, Tombstone where uh, one of the guys is talking to uh, Doc Holliday and he's like, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's he wanted all this? It's not revenge. And then Doc says that line where it's like, it's not revenge he's after. It's a reckoning. Well, it sure feels like that's what a lot of people want with everybody's favorite celebrity doctor, Anthony Fauci, whose past history keeps coming to light and new cringeworthy uh, 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 to outright enraging details also keep pouring out. And Elon Musk promised this week that we'd get exactly what we wanted. That's why you're definitely going to want to leave a like on this video and subscribe because the minute uh, I'll, be, I'll be covering this closely all week long, you won't want to miss a single bit. This is a little bit of background about some of what's been coming out about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci's house is filled with portraits of Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci, the outgoing director for the NIH, has become became the face of the government's response to the coup. As it happens, it's a face he himself is quite fond of. According to a revealing story in the New York Times, Fauci can't Fauci's can't come soon enough. Retirement, Fauci is the highest paid federal employee, has decorated his house with portraits of himself. Cheryl Stolberg writes in the New York Times, the walls in Dr. Anthony Fauci's home office are adorned with portraits of himself, drawn and painted by some of his many fans. So magnanimous is Dr. Fauci that he revealed to the reporter that he has some trepidations about sharing his bizarrely decorated home with the public. Maybe because we, we all know it's psychotic. I don't have any pictures of myself up around here. She writes, Dr. Fauci seemed a little uncomfortable with people knowing about the pictures. He said that previously when they were captured on camera, the far right attacked him as an egomaniac. Because what? I mean, like what? Because you're acting like an egomaniac. I mean, this is also a guy that reportedly speaks about himself in the third person. Like, I mean, this is, this is finally, by the way, finally, finally, some reporting on him. Why? Because he's finally leaving, right? Outkick, by the way, New York Times Fauci profile reveals that he's an egomaniac who speaks in the third person. Somehow a recent New York Times profile uncovered that he's somehow even more egomaniacal than previously believed. That's obvious in the first paragraph where it highlights his self-obsession. We know about the walls already adorned with his many self-portraits. The story attempts to justify his ridiculous behavior, saying that the claims about his portraits are far-right attacks. He has said previously that when they were captured on camera, the far-right attacked him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a far-right thing. That's just a, why do you have pictures of yourself everywhere in your own house? When asked about his post-government plans, Tony Fauci revealed that he wants to talk more about who? Tony Fauci. What would I like to do is make a real memoir, which is a life story uh, of which Koof is a part. Because if you take a look at what Tony Fauci was and is, Tony Fauci is not defined by the the Koof, Tony Fauci said. In case you weren't sure, Tony Fauci's post-coup plans are to have a Tony Fauci, to have Tony Fauci write a book about Tony Fauci. Of course, it wouldn't be any other type of interview without more blatant misrepresentations and misinformations from the nation's leading expert. The Times asked what his biggest concern is, outside of, obviously, diseases. What really concerns me is the politicization of public health principles. Bro, you did that. 
how you can have red states under poked and blue states well poked and having deaths are much more prevalent in red states because they're under poked. That's for tragic for this population. I wonder if he's seen the recent statistics about who's actually not surviving it. Not to mention the state, by the way, leading the country in coof uh, mortality is Arizona. Arizona voted for Biden, just elected a Democratic governor and voted for two Democratic senators in recent years. Not exactly an exclusively red state, is it? Again, like I said, this is being politicized because people like Anthony Fauci politicize it. Of course, right-wing states like Japan are also currently seeing death rates surge despite exceptionally high poke rates. Yeah, that's, this again, it gets politicized because of people like him. And now the reckoning may be coming. In fact, we see Congressman Tony Nels write, the new Republican majority is looking forward to the Fauci files. That was just a few minutes ago. Elon Musk teases release of the Fauci files following his previous scathing criticism of the medical expert. This is, okay, so by the way, a lot of people have seen, you know, the release of the Twitter files and, and been like, well, nothing's happening. There have been lawsuits spun up. There are, there are things happening. And this particular release should be very interesting given Twitter had, was revealed to have a literal Fauci fan club. Elon Musk teased on Sunday the release of the Fauci files, which follows, which follows on from his criticism of Dr. Anthony Fauci, who stepped down as White House Chief Medical Advisor at the end of 2022. I wonder, that's some pretty curious timing. I mean, I guess he can't work forever, right? But he's got to capitalize on all those, uh, you know, he's got to have time to potentially capitalize on all those, all those quid pro quos. Hope you're having a great day one, 2023, the Twitter CEO tweeted. One thing's for sure, it won't be boring. In response to a comment, a user tweeted, waiting for the Fauci files, the billionaire responded later this week. Musk targeted Fauci in earlier December when he tweeted, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci. On December 13th, Fauci said in an interview that the scientific journal Nature, that Musk's remarks stir a lot of hate in people. No, 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 no. It's not actually uh, his remarks that stir the hate. It's that a lot of us had to sit outside hospitals as our loved ones died alone. Uh, people weren't allowed to go to church. People weren't allowed to go to the gym. Ironically, one of the best things for staying healthy against this particular coof. You know, people were told that they were subhuman if they didn't wear a piece of cloth on their face. People were told that they were second-class citizens if they didn't rush to get something crammed into their bloodstream that they didn't feel comfortable about. Uh, you know, there were, there were insane talks about, um, you know, calling people who didn't want to do that, at, you know, putting people in jail, okay? Uh, so, no, uh, it's not just because people don't like your face. It was because you were the one that was perpetrating this. Also, definitely don't Google Anthony Fauci, Beagle, Sandflies. Definitely don't Google that. If you know what I'm talking about, leave a like on this video. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Later that month, Musk said in several Twitter said said I'm sorry said that several Twitter employees had an internal Slack channel called the Fauci Fan Club. After that, he posted a tweet saying that. Twitter should alter policy and follow the science, which must include reasoned questioning of science. Well, that's because now we're seeing, you know, we, Elon must have been privy to a lot of this stuff earlier, right? When he's seen it earlier, that's he was probably looking at something in the Twitter files when he said, my pronouns are prosecute Fauci, right? After the New York Times reported that Fauci had, a fan, had fan portraits of himself adorning his home office, must refer to him as creepy. He followed up by saying, maybe he just loves looking at science. You see the original tweet. The very first sentence in New York Times profiles, the walls of Dr. Anthony Fauci's home office are adorned with portraits of him, drawn and painted by some of his many fans. Creepy. Maybe he just loves looking at science. He, he should have written the science. Because remember when Fauci famously claimed that he is the science? The science! 
Fauci had previously announced that he was stepping down from his multiple roles, including director of the National Institute of uh, Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the end of 2022. Meanwhile, journalists appointed by Musk have been discussing several controversies arising from what are known as the Twitter files. These include internal discussions regarding the decision to prohibit former President Trump from tweeting following uh, the worst day in American history. But the Twitter CEO and some freelance journalists are annoyed that Twitter files haven't received more support from the press. Well, it's because they are the press, right? Like, um, understand that we are the press now. You, my viewers, sharing these stories, getting involved in the conversation. We are the press. There is no... Fox News is, is a, maybe the only one that would cover this stuff. And even they took plenty of money from certain advertisers, okay? Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of up to us. Now, even though there were a lot of people that knew this, Elon is also behind informing a lot of people that, oh, you know the person who was in charge of making sure Dr. Anthony Fauci made all the most ethical decisions? Turned out to be his wife. Now that made it in the news cycle. Here's what Anthony Fauci's wife actually does at NIH. Dr. Fauci's wife, Christine Grady, is the chief of Department of Bioethics at the National Institutes of the... I mean, wow, it is true what they say. When you get older, you start to look like each other, I suppose. I mean, I don't know. This is like, you can tell me they're the same person. You know, the corruption that we're going to find out about this is going to make people's blood boil. It's a necessary process, though, because it can never happen again. And next up, woke monsters celebrate Jeremy Renner being in critical condition. It's it's always times like these, like when somebody when something bad happens to somebody, right? <clears throat> that the true garbage dregs of society reveal themselves, and uh, Jeremy Renner is in critical condition. Uh, and that should be the story, right? That should be the topic, but it's not, unfortunately. I've often thought like, man, if something ever happens to me, like my last like 10 words will be like, delete my browser history and you know, to my family, please don't read social media because it's just some of the worst people being the absolute worst. I, I, some people would always, some people seem to chalk this behavior up to being trolls or you know, whatever that is. But I, I don't actually think that's true. I think these are just genuinely terrible people. And um, they want an outlet to be genuinely terrible. Now, Jeremy Renner is somebody that has been in some pretty good films. One of my favorite films in the past few years, Wind River, starred Jeremy Renner. I didn't care one way or the other for him as Hawkeye, just because I'm not like a big Hawkeye guy. He's in some new series now that looked, I actually just happened to see a trailer for it the other night. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but it looked pretty good. Um, I generally, I generally watch series as like after they're done, done. So I can just decide, okay, I like it. I'm going to binge it and finish it all the way through. Or, uh, or if it, you know, I don't get, or they don't put a finale to it and I don't get annoyed like archive 81. So Jeremy Renner, uh, but also, he's been somebody that hasn't really I, I towed the line in woke politics, at least not that I've seen. Um, there was some underlying uh, tension between him and Brie Larson that I, I think maybe some people, maybe this, maybe these are Brie Larson stands. I don't know. I mean, Brie is pretty amazing in every conceivable way, so I'm sure that like she would not, she would disavow this, of course. But let's start with, of course, the story. Marvel actor Jeremy Renner was in critical but stable condition Sunday after running over his own leg with a snowplow in a freak accident. Now, people think snow, like this is like a snow machine from what I can tell. One of those ones with tracks. Kyosho makes a really cool model of it, but like it's not a snowblower. It's not a truck with a plow on it. It's a tracked, like tractor machine. Um, and you see... The Hawkeye star suffered extensive injuries in Nevada after experiencing a weather-related accident while plowing snow on New, York, on New Year's Day, a spokesperson said. The 51-year-old actor is also known as starring role in Paramount Plus Mayor of Kingstown, that's the one I saw uh, the preview for or whatever, was airlifted to a hospital near Reno. Renner was losing a serious amount of internal fluids 
from his snowcat. Okay, it's a snowcat. That's the name of it. Yeah, injury to his leg. And neighbors managed to apply tourniquet before paramedics arrived and loaded him on to an emergency chopper. Shout out to people who get first aid training, by the way. Uh, this year they added, I'm, I get first aid certified every year or every two years or whatever it is. This year they added two new pieces of the training, which I think is always interesting as a, as a function. Pre, prior to this year, we were never taught how to use tourniquets. And they're actually, like, if you keep these things around your house, you, it costs like a couple of dollars. You will literally, if, if, if you're ever presented with an opportunity, you know, you could save somebody's life with this little piece, piece of cloth and a metal pin in it. Um, and also, there was a large section this year on um, those, those pills that uh, old Georgie boy likes so much. Um, uh, and how to administer Narcan and stuff like that. But anyway, um, get, it takes a little bit of an afternoon. You take the lesson online, and then you go to in-person training, and uh, you, know, you save someone's life. I'm sure their neighbor wasn't a paramedic, but they happened to have a first aid kit that had a tourniquet in it. So anyway, side you know, rant, rant over. A spokesperson for Renner who said, who is something, I'm sorry, Renner, who is something of a local hero for his efforts to combat the elements in the area, from snowfall to forest fires, he said he is receiving excellent care and his family's by his side. Yeah, so this is the snowcat machine here. And he posted this, I don't know, that day probably. I mean, this is a big machine. Uh, <laughs> uh, and very, oh, here's, this is some old machinery. I've never even seen one like this. This looks like a plow. An old timey snowblower, it looks like. Um, but like, the, you know, I've so he, he obviously he loves his machinery, but you get your leg. He probably was stepping out. Maybe he thought he had the parking brake on. He stepped out onto this thing and then it started going. I'm guessing that's what happened. Jumped out. This is one of the common, common ways to get hurt. You know, oh, I got to jump out and move something or I got to jump out, whatever. And he, thought it was in park or he, he hit the he hit the shifter or something on his way out and he was had his foot on the on the track and got sucked under that's what i'm gonna guess happened but that's you know look i don't know jeremy renner he's not my family member i don't feel any kind of like visceral emotional uh feelings about him getting hurt obviously i hope he gets better seems like a nice guy and then we get to the internet right Variety post 23 minutes ago. It's according to the screenshot. Jeremy Renner in critical but stable condition after plowing accidents. Okay. Here's Robert Evans. The next Knives Out should feature Jeremy Renner as the guy who dies and should go method with the performance. What? Some people might say, hey, that's not a real tweet. Here it is, live on the internet. <clears throat> 4,000 likes, by the way, 4,000 likes. I make many, many good podcasts for Cool Zone Media. I don't really understand what the purpose of this is. Uh, maybe he tweeted this before the injury came out. I, I don't know. I don't really understand it. But there's tons of stuff like this. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who in these replies are just vile. Here's somebody, Jeremy Renner dead at 52 is celebrating. Um, he isn't dead obviously, but you know, the biggest threat to Jeremy Renner's health since he put a, put a, a pew pew in his mouth and threatened to end himself in front of his wife, uh, praying for his health. What? People say, if you're going to troll on a tragic event, to try at least try to get things correct. So where is all this even coming from? Well, an ex-wife said some bad things about her ex-husband. What? Say it ain't so. That couldn't possibly... I mean, sure. Look, by the way, he's a Hollywood guy. Men do bad things. I'm not saying he's just absolved because an ex-wife said it. But I, I mean, like, seriously, I look and I'm like, why are these people saying this terrible stuff about him? But what Jeremy Renner says calls his ex-wife's uh, claims nonsense. 
you know, in court documents following. And by the way, it always seems like these claims of bad behavior come right up before a really expensive or, or a, a high profile financial divorce, right? Got to make sure you get more money. So suddenly you have a problem with now. Hey, maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. Maybe. You see, in court documents filed in October 2019, the actress claimed Renner um, did these things. She also claimed the nanny heard the Hurt Locker star say that he was going to end Pacheo and then end himself. He was better than if Ava had no parents and to have Sonny as a mother. Those are some pretty emotionally charged statements. If he did it, that's obviously not okay. Um, but let's not forget how men are treated in today's custody. Uh, we just saw a guy, I mean, how many times are these guys, you know, going to hotel rooms and ending things because they have a custody battle coming up that they can't, that they know they're not going to win. Now, of course, Renner's rep told page six that this is a matter of the court decide. It's important not to know to dramatizations made in Sonny's declaration are one-sided account made with a specific goal in mind. Yeah, more money. Pachico 30 is also alleging court documents filed in July 2020 that Renner had a long history of substance abuse, which had persisted since both parties' marriage through divorce and post-judgment. Again, his response was that there is absolutely no basis for this court to grant the request of relief with respect to any kind of testing. Happy to do it. I mean, you know, I think like, you see this whole next paragraph, three paragraphs are all about money and then their daughter's trust fund. In May of 2020, Renner, Renner accuses ex-wife of misusing their daughter's trust fund. The wife, ex-wife denied the allegations at the time and exclusively told us, this is a small insight of what I've been dealing with for years, which leads us to now upcoming court case about me misappropriating my child's funds and Jeremy seeking to reduce child support. Again, so you, I, I'm not saying these things aren't true, but... It, it's also like, you know, part of the game when these people get divorced. That's why once you have money, I just don't think there's any point to get to get married. Uh, it's just, you know, like wealth, real money. Because this seems like always you can't trust anybody. It's like uh, some of these people are getting like a $500,000 a month, uh, you know, um, spousal support payments. Why? You know, like it's 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 insanity. So, you know, the idea that people are celebrating it is just sick. You have here him being airlifted. It sounds like he's going to make it. I don't know if it means he's going to lose his leg. Um, you know, I would suspect, you, you know, leg, leg injuries, obviously you have your femoral artery there. So you have a very real situation for a quick, you, you, don't, you don't make it very long if you sever that, you know. Uh, but right now he's in critical but, but stable condition. And um, I guess I wish him the best just like I would anybody. And the people that celebrate this stuff are sick. It's not like he's some world leader who's sent a bunch of people to prison or it's not like he's, uh, or to wars or things of that nature. He's just an actor who's having a messy divorce. It's just sick. And next up today, shocking new details on Idaho monster, Brian Koberger, pen pals with BTK, followed girls for weeks. Well, the news is coming out fast and furiously right now in, in uh, as somebody has been identified as the potential mastermind behind everything that happened in Idaho. And more and more information keeps pouring out that seems to point to not only this being some sort of uh, well-thought-out planned activity, but in the weeks that followed, all sorts of red flags, also a million new questions. If you, walk, if you, if you followed these people for weeks, why didn't you get, why did those two, why did you leave the two and only get the other four? There must have been some thought process there. There is a wide, just the, the story gets more and more wild as more and more information comes out. Turns out the, the dude followed them for four weeks and after the event continued to wear gloves in grocery stores. It's hard to imagine, um, it's hard to imagine just where this goes. Uh, but I'm going to continue to cover it as long as you all keep telling me you're interested. Make sure you leave a like on the video and you subscribe if you haven't yet so you get notified each and every time something comes out, some break in the case.
I'll cover it. So in this particular case, there's just so much going on here um, that it's, it's just hard to imagine. The man, of course, accused for the horrible things in, Ohio, in Idaho was stalking them for weeks leading up to the event and wore gloves in public places even after the event. The man, 28, is a, was fastidious about not leaving his fingerprints behind after the, the event, even wearing gloves when he entered the grocery store, according to a friend of one of the police officers assigned to follow him there. Looks like that friend was a leak. Not, that's why cops don't talk to other, you know, like it's probably not a good idea your friend is sharing this information. He's not stupid, and he has been very careful, the anonymous source says. While he was under surveillance in Pennsylvania, according to the source, poli police witnessed him appearing to try and avoid leaving any more DNA or fingerprints behind by taking pr protective measures in public. A good friend of ours was one of the cops who had been following him the last couple of days. The source explained, Anonymous, please, he was arrested only 40 minutes from our home near our, count, our aunt and uncle's. Went to school with my cousins. His sister lives in our town. A good friend of ours was one of the cops who had been following him for the past couple days. He coaches with my husband, and he was telling him all the crazy details. Not a good look for the cop. He followed him into a giant local grocery store and wore gloves the entire time. He's also not stupid and has been very careful. Also, he's been stalking them for weeks. Not sure if they ever interacted, but his cell phone pings followed their every move for weeks. So scary, even disturbing. I've been so invested in this case the last six weeks and to find out how close he is to us and that one of our friends found him and arrested him is just crazy. The source has even more overlap uh, where whose family, you know, I think what's interesting is after the event, he first returned to teaching at Washington State University, but later drove 2,000 miles from Idaho to Pennsylvania in order to hide out as his, at his parents' Poconos home. Now, maybe he was just going there as like a vacation spot, like to be honest with you. I don't know. We don't know yet about that. So, you know, I want to be careful as I cover this not to take the media's bias or presumptions until we know for a fact. This guy could have thought he got away with it and went on vacation over Christmas. Police were on his tail during the cross country road trip and continued to follow him in Albrightsville, Pennsylvania, where he was ultimately locked up. According to one of the students in his class, he acted as if nothing had happened after the events took place. He also worked as a teaching assistant there. Even more. So the, the idea that, like, wearing... So what's crazy to me, okay, what's crazy to me is what DNA did he leave there? Perhaps it was from defending themselves. That's one of the things, like, uh, I've learned in following a lot of these cases and a lot of things like this. Uh, fight back as much as you can. Get your hands, like, in their, in their hair. Uh, get their skin under your fingernails because that's how a lot of these guys get caught. You might not make it, but that'll be crucial in them finding the person that did it. There's an exhausted Brian got chattier after the events. Here's also an interesting thing. Cops, local cops, not aware, I think, of the investigation, stopped him twice during his road trip. Now, maybe they just pulled him over almost back to back. I believe once for speeding and once for following too closely to a car in front of him. I'm surprised he didn't have a complete meltdown when he got, when he got pulled over. You know, and it's, it's like, it's, ab it's absolutely insane. His parents have spoken out too. But here's some interesting other news. Here's some other interesting news. Did the parents know? Idaho's suspect's father flew to Washington State to accompany his son on 2,000-mile cross-country road trip back home to Pennsylvania in the white Hyundai Elantra, the vehicle that they were looking for. Maybe the dad didn't know. You know, I don't know. The, fa the father of the suspect flew cross-country trip uh, road for the road trip weeks after the incident, of course, his public defender revealed in the, that the 28-year-old student 
at Washington State uh, did not make the 2,000-mile journey back to his home alone. Maybe that's why he was asking if anyone else was arrested. He was spotted with his father in the white Hyundai Elantra. Police were on the hunt for, including at a car maintenance shop in Pennsylvania. He was home for the holidays, public defender said. Doesn't look like it. And what's interesting is, like, of course, uh, you know, they say he doesn't have the funding to get a private attorney. Surveillance footage on the night showed the white Hyundai Elantra near the home at the time at 3 a.m. Here's the other thing. This stuff, like, he gets away with this in 1990, probably. 1980, probably gets away with it. Because it's it's like you need, a, what, a doorbell cam or something like that to find the car, and then you need a DNA. Although they did have DNA in the 90s. Uh, Koberger's family addressed the charges on Sunday and asked people to refrain from judgment, writing, we will continue to let the legal press unfold as a family. We will love and support our son and brother, the family wrote. First and foremost, we care deeply for the four families who have lost their precious children. There are no words that can adequately express the sadness we feel and pray for each of them every day. We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence rather than the judge and judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. I'm sure it sounds like it was written by a lawyer, right? I don't even know. Imagine this was your son or your brother or even your friend. Like... You know, I want to say that, you know, their parents didn't know at any point, but we saw this with Gabby. I'm pretty sure the guy's parents figured something out or he told them something because they were, they seemed like they were kind of, you know, protective of him or hiding certain facts. Now, the, his parents didn't live with him. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to implicate the parents in any way, but it seemed like it was so weird because it seemed like it just went from nothing to nothing to nothing to nothing to got him. You know, and, and, and right now people are still wondering, was there an accomplice? Because he asked, was anyone else arrested? I don't think there was an accomplice here. I think that would be, you know, unless they each picked a floor, but there was only one weapon we know. And there was only one, you know, so like there are a lot of details about the scene that did not seem to align with the fact that there was more than one person there. You usually can tell that. The fact that this, you know, this guy apparently never slept. A lot of his neighbors said that he was never sleeping at night. He did get to seem a lot, a lot chattier into the later parts of the term. The fellow criminal justice doctoral student told News Nation, however, he didn't recall him speaking specifically about that incident, which rocked the University of Idaho's community. He described the suspect as awkward, but the kind of person who always wanted to make sure everyone knew he was very intelligent. So a douchebag. He had to make absolutely sure you knew he was smart. He had this intellectual capacity. Um, Roberts told the outlet. He was also, it was also disturbing that his former classmate was the person who ended up being the suspect. There's something heavy about that. Maybe. Um, there's going to be so much more because here's what's probably going to happen. They pro- he probably dated one of them or they probably rejected him. It seems like these losers always have some sort of issue like that. We saw the... Um, the case where he was like creeping out or, uh, you know, some girls rejected him at a, at a, a brewery or something like that. And he and like, he lashed out at them. You know, I don't know. You know, I think that you see, like you have also stuff that he was studying forensics, DNA and other evidence prosecutors used to s- secure convictions. I mean, that's part of a lot of what he was studying is just part of, you know, normal stuff. This is Brian Koberger's uh, unsettling red flags. I, the suspect's former classmates speak out. Apparently, he never slept. He was up all night. He was manic. Um, you know, he's normally a very light, late night person going to the bathroom and vacuuming at 1 or, or 12 in the morning, she said. If you're vacuuming at midnight, you probably are a psychopath. I'll keep covering this uh, as long as we, you know, at least the important stuff. I mean, you see this, there's like links with BTK which is very odd. Um, you know, you have Carrie Rawson, the daughter uh, of Radar, who's better known as BTK, said it was possible that there were letters between her father and Brian. Yikes. He was, he was, he was writing letters to another 
serial monster. She fears that Koberger could have been in contact with her father after discovering that he had been taught by Dr. Catherine Ramsland while at DeSales University. Ramsland had declined to comment, but spent decades researching this type of thing, writing the mind of, you know, and how to catch a killer, stuff like that. Maybe. I mean, it seems like it's a stretch, but if you're going to do these crimes, maybe, maybe you reached out. This theory is going to unfold a lot this week because I believe his extradition is today or tomorrow. So we're going to start to see some interesting stuff and perhaps have a trial to cover. So this will be uh, an interesting thing into the new year um, to, to stay close on because there's so much more to know. And next up today, Twitter alternative Mastodon revealed to be a safe haven for creeps. 40% of all content of kids. Well, 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 well. <clears throat> the media's amazing Twitter alternative that is, that's crushing Elon Musk, that is exploding in new viewers. Where all the journalists ran. Where all the leftists ran. Well, <clears throat> apparently it's dominated by the P-words and all sorts of the type of videos and images that they like. Now, of course, correlation does not imply causation. And maybe all the journalists and leftists flocked to a platform full of this type of content for a completely unrelated reason. Or maybe they didn't. Or maybe its use greatly or its presence greatly increased once they did. We're going to have to take a look at all that. I saw this tweet, by the way. Uh, if you haven't got a uh, VPN yet, private internet access, of course, offering a massive discount to my viewers. And it unlocks all, sort of content, all sorts of content for you. So it is uh, money well, well spent. And it supports the channel. I saw Alex with this. Uh, did they hire Yoel Roth to moderate content? Disclose.tv sharing new. Mastodon is a social media platform dominated by p words you know the kids that love the play or the people the adults that love the playground and most of his content most of its content is the type of content that they like you see wall street silver saying it's a good thing elon blocked links to mastodon now to be fair mastodon is a platform it isn't the same thing as twitter there are many instances on mastodon um some clearly used for a particular reason. I just think it's funny. I just, I just report the news here, right? Make sure you leave a like on this video. And if you haven't yet, please do subscribe down below. Now, there was this report that came out in late November that was largely ignored, shockingly, by mainstream media. Mastodon, a social media platform dominated <clears throat> by terrible images, we'll say. Believe me when I tell you that I did not want to write yet another article about them after the last one, but here we are. It's a terrible subject to read and write about. The rabbit hole goes much deeper than any of us ever wanted to think. And when I say us, I really mean me. This will be the last article I'll ever write on the subject of these creeps as I feel tainted for having touched it. I understand that. Shortly after Elon Musk took over Twitter, some of the most influential people in information security began tweeting that they were leaving Twitter. I don't think the reasons why they are pretending to leave are important, but I do think it's important that we take a closer look at the social media platform that they are desperately encouraging their followers to sign up for so they can have an audience. In their haste to flee Twitter, these influencers set up accounts on social media platform called Mastodon without knowing much about the place they were migrating to or anything about the kinds of communities that call Mastodon their home. To be fair, Mastodon makes it almost impossible <clears throat> excuse me, to search for communities and content across the Fediverse by design. So many of the newcomers have absolutely no idea who lives on Mastodon because they cannot see them. Well, this is, uh, this is what happened when I joined Post. I should still go back to Post because it was, you know, I was initially like, whoa, that's a lot of N-words. But then, I, I, you know, maybe it was just a fluke. I, I don't know. I try to support all new alt tech and even Mastodon, by the way. Uh, you know, any of these new alt tech options, I think, are still important. Sure, Twitter's owned by Elon, but let's not forget he still has not removed any of the shadow bans. And there's a lot about Twitter that still really hasn't improved. Now, most people are willing to give him time, including myself. 
But I do think all the journalists and leftists fleeing to Macedon only to have this come out is pretty interesting. Consider the article, this article, the first in a series focused on Macedon platform and the communities that call Macedon their home. As our efforts against Macedon ramp, on, ramp up when we publish more OSINT-focused articles around the subject, so a short history on the Fediverse, the founder of Macedon, Eugene Rochko, didn't invent the concept of decentralized social network. He just built his own platform implementation of OStatus, an open standard, I'm sorry, standard for federated microblogging. OStatus was built to provide an alternative to Twitter, but instead of being controlled by a single commercial entity like Twitter is, it was controlled by a federation of independent instances. If it sounds familiar, it's because quite often new technological ideas are just old ideas wearing a new pair of shoes. You can see this tweet. Masson has a deeply troubling history of being safe haven for all sorts of uh, bad content. When I say bad, I'm talking about like the worst, right? The Fediverse that Mastodon users live in <clears throat> was arguably created by an American called Evan Prodmoreau, Prod who was the first to launch a distributed platform, identity.ca, followed by the first federated social network protocol, pump.io, which over time through various blah, blah, blah. I don't want to go get in all the techno technological. You had the great P-word invasion of 2017. You may think of the term, <clears throat> sounds ridiculously hyperbolic, but an invasion is exactly how the Mastodon community described it. At the time, on April 14th, 2017, Mastodon users across the Fediverse started to see what users described as a flood of these type of images. Federating across their instances generated by what users described as an organized invasion of these creeps. It must have felt really like organized invasion to the one-year-old Mastodon community, which at the time had 160,000 users, because the number of people on Macedon suddenly grew by suddenly about 140,000. They were an inch away from doubling the Macedon user base. And it was P-words. Even worse, on April 17th, the two largest instances these invaders lived on became the first and second largest instances in the Fediverse, overtaking the mainstream Macedon.cloud and Macedon.social instances in the process and making up roughly 40% the total Fediverse population, or 50% if you included their rapidly sprawling network, the Federated Satellite instances in orbit around the two big uh, image, bad image Mastodon instances sprung up hundreds of smaller instances containing an additional 40,000 users distributing the same kind of content. Interesting we haven't seen um, Taylor Lorenz say anything about this, right? Now this report was from late November only kind of resurfacing now in January. Here you see the Pulse Millennial covering it. And look, I think it's important that we point out again that Mastodon is not necessarily the same like central app that Twitter is. It is, you know, part of having a decentralized kind of wild, wild west uh, uh, position Usually when you like, okay, so when you have a brand new platform and you start it up, usually all the people that have been banned off all the other platforms populate there first. And then the media uses that high concentration of bad users to smear your platform and keep the powers that be in, 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 in power. They did it to Gab. They did it to Parler. They'll do it to remember VidMe. Uh, they did it to BitChute. Uh, so we now know why the media, of course, did these things, right? An investigation conducted by SEC Juice has revealed that some of the largest communities within the social media platform Mastodon are communities containing those bad images. Mastodon first experienced the flood back in April. We talked about that. You see Jack Posobiec sharing, sharing journalists. We're all going to Mastodon, Mastodon. <laughs> so like, yeah, you know, Mastodon gained more traction after Elon Musk bought Twitter with a number of accounts announcing they'll be moving over to this platform. Um, you know, the thing about Mastodon is like, functionally, it's worse than Twitter in just about every way. Um, but I understand people like wanting to go there, you know? Among those leaving Twitter for Mastodon, UK comedian act and actor Stephen Fry. In 2017, these images made up around 40% of the total Fediverse population, or around 50% if the smaller satellite groups were included. These accounts flooded 
Mastodon with this type of material. Now, was it, I don't know, some sort of bot thing? I don't know. Sure sounds like a lot of users. Because there's no central Mastodon authority, nobody can stop these creeps from using Mastodon. And because there are so many creeps on Mastodon, the developers decided that it was best to just go ahead and hide them. They had to hide them if they wanted the platform to grow. New Twitter owner and CEO Elon Musk has made the eradication of these type of images a top priority on the platform. I just think it's pretty interesting that so many leftists and uh, people of that nature decided to flood to a platform which uh, is, uh, at least at one point, was almost exclusively these images. Pretty interesting stuff. And next up, woke journo Taylor Lorenz savagely clowned for New Year's Twitter post. She deserved it. Taylor Lorenz is a bad take factory. Uh, one of the uh, biggest walking owls imaginable. Now, a lot of people say like, bro, why are you so mean to Taylor Lorenz? Look, <clears throat> Taylor Lorenz was happy to have your family spend their last moments on this planet alone. Taylor Lorenz was happy to tell you that you need to have your business shut down. Taylor Lorenz was happy telling you that you were a second-class citizen if you were had any kind of hesitancy about putting something in your body that you weren't sure about. Taylor Lorenz is a arm, is hand in glove with the establishment. Taylor Lorenz wields a enormous amount of power. So I treat, I speak truth to power. And over the weekend, she whined about spending New Year's alone, and it didn't exactly go very well for her. This article <clears throat> over on Twitchy, Taylor Lorenz whining about spending New Year's Eve alone goes so very very hilariously wrong by Sam J. Nobody wanted to spend their New Year's Eve with Taylor Lorenz. We're shocked. Seriously, who wouldn't want to ring in the New Year with one of the biggest bullies on the web? She's probably She probably put on an evening gown and recorded herself talking about how everyone really wanted to be with her, but that they're so in, uh, but they're not. So instead, they're watching her talk about them on their secret accounts. Good times. Granted, she sort of asked for this dragging when she tweeted out being alone on New Year's and then trashed people who were happy and not alone that night. It's like, what does she expect? Karma isn't just a B unless you are first. And I will say this. Hey, there were a lot of people that were alone on New Year's. I've had New Year's where I just was low-key, and that's kind of fine. Especially on Saturday night, you want to stay away from the craziness. Maybe you want to just stay in and watch a movie. Nothing wrong with that. But then to then moralize about those that did not that maybe had some things planned for that night is where you get into trouble. You see uh, Chaya Rachik, uh po posting here, Tay-Tay had to spend New Year's Eve alone, so she's angry that anyone else celebrated with, fan with family and friend. She tweeted, by the way, behind a protected account now. I don't know when it went protected, but I imagine soon after this. Spending New Year's Eve alone is low-key goaded when complete and utter exhaustion is the vibe. This woman is 93 years old, and she's still talking like this. If I heard anybody in my friend group say things were goaded, or no cap, or cap, or uh, that some food was bussin', we're not hanging out anymore. And then she goes on, wild to see people, endless posting endless videos of packed New Year's Eve parties. I think the complete quote was, while ERs are packed and doctors are rationing care. By the way, that's not true. That, of course, was a talking point. They got you to stay at home and let your businesses fall apart and let your family, elderly family die alone in hospitals and, you know, uh, let your kids live in fear. That was the narrative. Oh my God, the hospitals are overflowing. Just never were in my area. Now there were, there were over crowding. There were uh, areas that were uh, for a short period of time, very, very busy and backlogged. To deny that would be ridiculous. But to pretend like it was the norm would also be equally as ridiculous. Oh, that's right. She's, she's, got, she's also a serious germaphobe and constantly complains that people aren't more afraid of the coof. 
Gosh, golly gee, who wouldn't want to spend their evening listening to that? Ha 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 ha. It seems it only got worse for her. Again, on New Year's Eve, having my car break down while it's pouring rain is a very fitting end to a cursed year. It's called karma. And what we said about karma, it's just so funny to me that she has no qualms about posting her own L's online for everyone to see. You see here, Taylor posting L's online. I don't know if this is an actual L that she posted. You know, in my opinion, she's like a walking L. You know, I think that, again, we mustn't interfere. They should be allowed to explode or implode or any implode without any interference. Uh, you know, you too would be depressed if you had to spend the evening with Taylor Lorenz. When your personality pushes everyone away, then you're surprised you find yourself alone. Not then you're Taylor Lorenz. I mean, the only reason she was awake was because Matlock was on. <laughs> uh, I take nothing. She says seriously, since I learned about her 90 degree apartment, I mean, it's just absolute destruction. And I mean, it's just like, again, by the way, the idea that this person wields institutional power over you should scare you because she does. She still does. She still wields enormous power by writing for the Washington Post and she can ruin your life. So, no, I don't feel bad pointing and laughing at somebody like this when they are in the position of power. When every decision they've made has been a selfish one, has been one to destroy dissonance, to, to fight back against. This is somebody who probably wants you to care about the energy crisis, right? Probably uses words like uh, no warming and stuff like that. Yet they're happy to burn all those fossil fuels to keep their apartment 90 degrees. Again, another really weird self-owned. Also, why is your thermostat so dirty? Also, you see, Taylor Lorenz like to allude to a disability that she's never explained. There's no reason to believe anything Taylor Lorenz says about herself. She has a catalog of fabulous tales that she cites as needed when she wants to deflect attention from her bad behavior. Can the rampant ableism on here ever stop? I'm very open about the fact that I have a few health issues that led me to spend long stretches in bed. I literally wrote, wrote a whole piece on it. What? Huh? Again, they use this kind of stuff as deflection. The, the idea of having your car break down. The, the world sometimes finds a way to get to get the right people got. Oh, okay, your car broke down. She spent New Year's Eve alone. Some people would actually do some self-reflection, right? And say like, wow, why is this the case? You know, why does nobody want to spend any time with me? Of course, also being pointed out, she harassed two Orthodox Jewish women at home, accusing both of being libs of TikTok and even telling the wrong Chayarachik's mom that she was an insurrectionist. Again, like, this is Taylor Lorenz. It's, it's, it's just so fitting. And you know what's, you know, if, if I'm allowed a, a second here, why, why am I so fired up? Taylor Lorenz is not 43. She doesn't drink three gallons of water a day. She's a gaslighter and a bad person. She doesn't make up nonsense and make you feel disoriented. Nothing she says or writes is trustworthy. Thousand likes. Here's another one. Taylor Lorenz lies. Then she lies about lying. Then she lies about lying about lying. Then she calls you crazy for noticing. She's a gaslighter. Just block her. Here's an inch. Here's a. It just shows how much more journalists at mainstream outlet need to learn about disinfo, extremism, and the new media landscape. Big name reporters should not still be falling for this stuff. This is why coverage of the area and internet culture is so important. Also, that's her job as covering internet culture. I'd say that's probably my job too. I think I'm much better at it than Taylor Lorenz. If you think I'm better at it than Taylor Lorenz, please leave a like on this video. Again, here she is out at a party, not masked, but she stays home to tell you that you need to stay home. This is, the, this is very common for, for, for the modern press class, right? 
And this whole thing with like, this, she's a reporter. Can you show, can you point to me on the doll <laughs> any, at any one place where ERs are packed and doctors are rationing care? Where? Where in the United States is this happening on the year of our Lord, 2023, January 1st or January 31st? Where? It just makes, make, you see, most of New York, New Year's Eve's I worked in the ER had a typical flow until about 2 a.m. Then we start receiving all the accidents from Deweys and lonely people. Otherwise, usually quiet. You know, like, th this is... You know, if I look, maybe yours is different, but I drive by mine all, every time I go visit my parents. There's nobody there. Now, maybe there's not any doctors. Maybe there's a huge line inside that I can't see. It's possible. But Taylor Lorenz is is just a symptom. She's not the cause. And she would be happy to see you starve to death in the streets if it meant a crumb more of power for someone who grew up to a multimillionaire family who went to uh, $20,000, dollars $50,000 a year private schools in Switzerland. She wants you to believe that she's fighting the good cause when she's happy to make up. This is somebody who wants more people to learn about misinformation. Didn't bother providing any link of evidence for this either. I'm not surprised at all that she spent New Year's Eve alone and she deserves every bit of dunking on that she gets. And last up today, Elon Musk dunks on AOC hilariously responds to washed up SJW Brianna Wu and more. Now, Elon Musk had been dishing out L's all weekend, memeing on people uh, after going quiet for some time. And I, I feel like it's a nice little compilation of feel good dunking. I mean, everybody was getting some disgraced game. <laughs> Uh, person Brianna Wu, um, <laughs> uh, many think uh, a plant in uh, Richard Spencer. All sorts of people were getting doled out L's uh, on top of well, some other interesting news. The left starting to call out their own on the Twitter files, which is uh, pretty interesting. But I want to start with one of the best. One of the best around. Okay. <laughs> Hope you're having a great day one, 2023. One thing's for sure, it won't be boring. Now, of course, cannot possibly let that go without even, I mean, this happens to everybody really of any Twitter size. Uh, <laughs> the old, like, uh, I just try like, oh, I post a picture of my dogs and I'll get like one or two people being like, oh God, I have kids already. Like, ugh, like, isn't it exhausting to be like, is it gotta be exhausting to be like that? Like just, it's just a picture. You saw a picture of a cute German shepherd doing something cute. And that's your reply. Now, Elon obviously gets us on a, a as at a, at a stratospheric level where Brianna moon rocks. Woo said you worked hard this year and lost over $200 billion by the way. You don't actually lose that money until you cash out, right? Like his stock, you see this $200 billion number floating around. It's based on his valuation through stocks. Now, when the stock goes back up and tells a stock almost certainly will, uh, he will also not have made that much money. Uh, it's just a valuation until he withdraws that money. He hasn't lost. This is a uh, lost on politician and moon rock engineer, Brianna Wu, I believe that this year you will surpass yourself with even worse decisions. To which Elon simply replies, thanks for paying me $8. This is what's great about the verification stuff on YouTube. Like, look, it's actually like, as the, as the program sits right now, it's not for everybody. Uh, content creators that want to upload longer videos, Makes sense, especially with the possibility of adding new reach. Um, if you want like the access to the articles thing, that's kind of nice. But like outside of that, you know, most people don't need Twitter blue unless they want to actually like support Elon or support Twitter or something like that. That will change in 2023. They will almost certainly add features right now. The big 
uh, get back is either thanks for the $8 or the left would be like, oh, you paid $8. Of course, I don't care. Uh, it's it's uh, For me, the $8 is about, you know, uploading my videos. But also, you know, I'm happy to support Elon. I'm happy to support Twitter. So it's easy. Because, of course, you know, the famous, uh, you know, Richard Spencer here where somebody's talking about uh, Elon in a negative light, also paid the $8. The comment that revealed Elon to be a thin-skinned nerd was, I hope you have a secret plan. Did Silicon Valley really invest this much money in ensuring that the Babylon Bee has a platform? And he paid the $8, and Elon replies simply, nice. I mean, that's the way it goes. He then responds to, of course, Alejandra Caraballo, Caraballo, who has not once, not twice, but thrice been caught in various hoaxes on Twitter. Also cited, lives a TikTok pointing out, this is the person that the media cites as an online safety and disinformation expert. And that's actually true. Many outlets have done this. The, toast of, uh, the post, of course, by Jack Posobiec, Alejandra Caraballo is responsible for the pizza box hoax, the hoax that the Club Q event was anti-LGBT, and that the new, uh, North Carolina power station incident was about drag queens. Not once, not twice, but thrice, this person has spread, knowingly spread, provable fake news, to which Elon replies, interesting. I mean, like, it's just, Twenty twenty three is going to be an interesting year because a lot of the a lot of these like losers that were, had these like fake titles, you know, Jack Carabio is also billed by journalists as a disinformation expert, and this is true, just not for the reasons they say. Car, uh, Christopher Rufo says that's there's at least one other thing that I'm sure Carabio's lying about. Also, age. I mean, it's just it's it's this person. Uh, you know, exists to spread uh, fake information on Twitter. Somebody that was absolutely, uh, um, how do I say, worshipped by the left. Of course, AOC couldn't get away, couldn't uh, avoid. What's with people randomly blaming the mere existence of others for their own descent into embracing bad opinions? Like, girl, you did that all on your own. This... You know, Mondaire Jones says AOC didn't celebrate her enough, so now she empowers white nationalists. Like, essentially saying, like, hey, how come I'm getting blamed for this? And then Elon says, hi. <laughs> of course, the love story of our generation continues to roll on. I'll be exciting to see how many kids they have. But, I mean, a lot of the, you know, you said only 25 million more iterations of the $8, and you'll make all that money back. Again, people don't understand how the stock market works. It's like the left understands the stock market when they want to understand it. It's very, I mean, it's very complex, but some things are very simple. If you have 10 shares that are worth $1,000, right? You have $10,000 worth of value. If those shares go to 2,000, now you have 20,000. You have not made $20,000. You haven't earned that additional $10,000 until you withdraw those shares or sell those stocks at that price. So when those $1,000 shares are suddenly worth $500 the next day, you also did not lose that money until such a point in which you sell the shares. But you should see, even the left is saying, the Twitter file should disturb liberal critics of Elon Musk, and here's why. I mean, of course, The Guardian needs my money. Um, you know, fortunately, there's, um, you know, for, uh, you know, journalistic reasons, we always use the archives. Make sure they don't change anything on us. Half the room is jumping up and down, screaming, gotcha. The other half shrugs his shoulders, muttering, so what's new? Welcome to the war over the so-called Twitter files. Over the past month, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, has made available to hand-picked group of journalists internal documents and conversations that took place over Twitter. There are mainly discussions on who and what should be moderated or banned, ranging from the president's son's computer to the question about whether or not to remove Donald Trump from the platform, the journalists have made 
public selected slice, slices of the data through a drip feed of Twitter threads. Of course, salty much. This is just free advertising for Twitter, right? Every time they drop another Twitter files, Fox News is talking about Twitter. CNN is ignoring Twitter. MSNBC is also ignoring Twitter. I guess maybe I'm talking about Twitter. Um, and you see, consider the controversy over shadow banning. It's a phrase much band-aided, uh, bandied about, sorry, by in debates of social media, but its meaning is contested. For the curators of the Twitter files, shadow banning means using algorithms to de-amplify tweets, that is, to stop making them reach a wider audience. For the old Primus Twitter, however, it means something very different, deliberately making someone's content undiscoverable to everyone except the person who posted it. As the 2018 blog post put it, the conflicting definitions that are allowed have allowed the critics to accuse Twitter executives of lying, although they seem interested in putting the old Twitter regime on the dock as under uncovering the truth. Well, you know, <clears throat> Twitter got to say, oh, we're not... Um, we're not shadow banning. We're, um, they had their own word for it. It wasn't de-amplifying. It was just another word that very clearly meant uh, de-boosting or, I'm sorry, shadow banning. They just called it something else. I forget off the top of my head now what it was called. They also revealed some of the processes which users are banned. Twitter insists that it does not suspend accounts for political reasons. That's hard to square with the evidence. Well, yeah, we all knew that. The most worrying issue that the Twitter files have exposed is this level of contact between social media companies and state security organizations. The FBI regularly holds meetings with Twitter executives, pressuring them to take again, uh, action against, quote, misinformation, even when this amounted to little more than a satirical tweet and demanded the personal data of users. Twitter, to its credit, often pushed back. Nevertheless, the Twitter files do show an unhealthy relationship between social media and the state security. Equally unhealthy is the response of many liberals who have become sanguine about the work of sec the security apparatus. There has been a remarkable partisan shift in American attitudes towards the FBI with a huge swing in democratic support for the organization. Many now view the FBI as an essential weapon against populism. Many seem to have forgotten that the, so the sordid history of the FBI in undermining radical movements from unions to civil rights organizations. Liberals of many on the left have uh, st such state in interference in public is disquieting twitter we were possibly told is not real life but that is that's true but like all social media it plays an inordinately large role in real life a private company that's become an intimate part of the global public square we need to keep the public square as open as possible and that's the that's the the truth of it you know you want to talk about you know why so many people on the left have just been like oh whatever let the fbi impose its will it's uh, the answer is obvious uh, it's because they believe, and some of us believe that the evidence supports, but at the very minimum, the important thing is that the left believes that the FBI is doing their bidding. That's why they're not critiquing them. Is, is there any other reason for it? Right? Are they suddenly big supporters of the men in black? Suddenly big supporters of the FBI and the CIA? No. They believe that they are rightfully suppressing their political enemies, and that's why they say nothing. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, and we'll talk to you again real soon.